What's up, guys? Hello, baby. Did you guys Hello. get a mug? Have you got a cup yet? Get another Wait, one. Wait, Cussle Grind. Hmm? I like your shirt. Man, listen, shout out to the independent artist, man. This is the Dirty Soft Calabasas uh, exclusive here. Wait, I love it. Hustle Grind, man. You know, you get up in the morning and you got to get to it. One time for Voodoo Man. Yeah, one merch. time for Voodoo Man. Yeah, the VIP merch. Yeah. I love it. I like the color scheme too, the black and pink. I do too. I like it with the sweater. Was, yeah, that, was that intentional? Works. Did you put that, that together yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, put it together in the closet. For nah, I know you did good, bro. You're very spody. Yeah. Shout out to Tanisha. Good. No, 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 no. Time that out. That was funny. Shout out to Tanisha. <laughs> for my dog. Hey, you be styling my bro. I know time, he got a little drip to it because he's from Florida, but I know you be styling my bro. One time for the Christian Dior frames. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, man. those are very yeah. like Ocean's Eleven-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Wendy looks like she should be running a uh, Vegas. That's exactly I bought where. them on Christmas Day because yeah. you can shop in Vegas on yeah, Christmas Day. Yeah, that looks Day. that looks very Vegas. Can we please yeah. have a YouTube video of you going through your, your glasses? Frames. Yeah. But That's only if goal. we get one of you going through your shoes. Okay, I'll do that. I think you guys should do that together. Maybe she should come cool. to you and she should go through the shoes and pick out the ones that she likes and you give her the story and vice versa. I actually have 366. Pairs of shoes. Yes. Nice. Let's count it yesterday. You have did? You have three hundred and something? Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, we got to figure that out. Yeah, okay. that'd be a cool episode. Yeah. Maybe okay. when we get to 10,000. I turned a bedroom into a closet. Yeah. Yeah, definitely 10,000. My Part of my man cave is uh, my sh- sneaker room. Do you have a Christmas tree in your man cave? I do not. Okay, cool. But I'm going to Tunisia, add one. Put that on the list. One? Fourth. Uh, four trees next I year. Red, I want a red one. We know how much he loves Christmas, so fourth tree, oh, a red right. one. Oh, yeah, I think that's why you said that. Okay. So are you going to get the little baby Jordan shoes to hang yeah. off the tree like ornaments? It's going to be a sneakerhead tree. I love it. I think that'll be dope. It's going to stay up all year, though. Do you have one of those, like, the sneaker the sneaker <laughs> clocks that has, like, the Jordan 1 is the 1 nah, or the 2? I think it's a little clever. Those are pretty cool. My birthday's coming up, so you guys can get me more. Yeah, we could put together something. book. If I did get I you something yes. for Christmas, get my, uh, any sneaker I'm, I'm guys do a out coffee there, coffee table, get him those uh, Biggie all, Small put, Jordans. Yes. We want those for Rari. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Rari or Wendy. You guys ready? Get him those. I want to talk about something today. So I was talking <laughs> to my good friend Antonio. Which one? Call, Brown? Did he call you uh, Antonio? Did I call you Antonio? Okay. <laughs> Thank you for the donuts. And um, we were just talking about fake jewelry and costume jewelry. Costume jewelry, but. Sometimes artists will wear fake jewelry, but it's like big and gaudy and unattractive. And not only that, it also put me on a tangent with when people fake it till you make it. Right. Mm. Um, and that really makes my skin, skin really grinds my gears. It bothers yeah, me. me that really scuffs me my Tims. I wanted to ask you guys, does that <laughs> bother you when you see when you're seeing artists fake it till they make it? Because I'd rather an artist not fake yes, it. I'd rather you same. be on some clean shit. You look dope. You look cool. Same. I don't want to see yeah. a big fake Cuban link because my little small Cuban link is but very what does expensive. that symbolify? Like if, if we can, the symbolism of it, if we can get past the symbolism of it, I think we can get to the root yeah, of it. Yeah, I don't want to, I want to remove it. the whole remove reason it. people buy fake followers and fake views. It's, you want to feel like you've already made it without putting in the work. And that's mm. really what grinds my gears. Mm. We're going to burn out every metaphor we can with this. Mm. Yeah, it scuffs my Tim's. I like that's my favorite. I like that so, too. Yeah, does nice it bother you, King? Pan? Of course it does. I mean, at, at the end, should of the artists day, do it? No, I don't. I don't think as an artist. I think you're, if you're going out and you're uh, buying the jewelry because you think it's there's no such thing as a rap starter kit. So there inherently <laughs> is a problem. One if would think that there is. If though. you're going out and you're buying jewelry or you're going to go get gold teeth or then you're the stereotyping people. You're, you're saying that this is this is the costume that these people wear. And the people that are successful artists, they're not, they're not acting. They're themselves. And they found a way to get people to buy into what they are. If they're weird and left field, and people love weird and left field, but they're being themselves. They're not trying to be something else and by default having to dress it up 
they're themselves effortlessly. And I think people buy into that. So when you're buying the diamonds, it's so that you think, I don't know if you think that people think that you're successful when they see you walk mm -hmm. in with diamonds. We talked about that on one of we the did. episodes. When somebody walks in with a bunch of jewelry on, what's the first thing that you ask them? Are you, Are you a, a rapper? rapper? Because that's what we perceive. It's, it's that, that connotation. But then when you look at some of the more successful rappers, do you see them wearing jewelry? Not really. If you see, you know, little Uzi Vert, he, he may have a little chain on the stick, but that thing is probably the most highest rated VVS diamonds that you can get. Yeah. So, you know, for one thing is, I think maybe they're doing it to call attention to themselves. Or maybe they feel like, you know, it is the sequence outfit of the 70s, buying a fake diamond chain and fake fear of God clothing or fake, you know, off-white clothes. Is that the equivalent of putting on a sequence outfit that somebody's sewn for you with platform boots? And like, I don't know, bro. Were, were people wearing fake Calvin Klein or were people wearing fake? Was that a thing when, when, when the culture first started, yes. per se? Fake yes. Izod and fake polo and stuff yes. like that, yeah? Yeah. And people were, were still buying into it. So I guess, I don't know, yes. bro. It's Maybe it's something it that is inherent. <clears throat> maybe it's something deeper than just rap music, bro. Maybe it's something with our culture, with our society. Have you ever told an artist or a musician to take yes. that off? Yes. Yes. Yeah, sure have. We've, yeah. I've, listen, bro. I've known artists that have bought jewelry at the gas station <laughs> and will go to the beauty supply and buy clear nail polish. <laughs> And get it right. It's a one-hitter quitter. They're going to wear that watch and that chain into the club and the minute some water hit it or they clap their hands too hard, it's going to fly off. And that was, that's where it ended at. <laughs> yeah. A lot of these people are investing because when they're going out to the club, they're trying to convince somebody. If they're going to the club to bag broads and they're gigolos, then they're putting that, all that on because they feel that there are women that are attracted to that. Clear nail polish. <laughs> that's what they're doing. They're not going to the club to put that on to impress other dudes. They want to stand with other dudes and impress chicks. Chicks are the only people in the world that could wear costume jewelry and get away with it. That's it. Your grandmother wore costume jewelry on Sundays. She had the big gaudy pendant, the big gaudy hat, oh, the, the big stupid earrings. earrings. Your grandmother wore costume jewelry. I think Two Chains was taking belts and made them Versace chains. Versace didn't make jewelry like that. Those were belts that he went and bought from the secondhand store in Beverly Hills and then threw them around his necklace and, oh my God, I want a Versace chain now. And then everybody was going to get these big ass Medusa heads. <laughs> Fool, Gianni didn't make that. Donatella ain't authorized that, bro. That's a belt that you're wearing around your country ass. <laughs> so again, you know, it takes one person to make it look good and then it takes somebody else that figures out, well, fuck it. I don't have to, to make a million dollars a year to wear Versace all the time. I'll go to the flea market. Didn't they just knock off? Didn't they just swarm the flea market here in Atlanta and hit them people for like $10 million worth of counterfeit goods? What the fuck $10 million worth of counterfeit goods was doing on the south side of Atlanta? I don't know. Selling. but <laughs> Selling. Selling. I mean, like, don't, but don't you guys, okay, is it a problem or is it something that's just, okay, well. I know professional athletes that buy bootleg clothes and bootleg jewelry and would wear it proudly. Mm. One of my first experiences here in Atlanta, I met three football players and we went to the flea market. And they went in the back and bought the Gucci this and brought a knockoff out of a bag in plastic. Mm. All right, if you see a millionaire wearing off-whites, are you going to question them? Not necessarily, no. no. But if you see a 13-year-old wearing some off-whites, you're going to be like, Man, you ain't got no money to get those. What them is? Oh, yeah, those are phony. I don't know, bro. It's, it's I mean, a great eye, debate. My eye is pretty good if I see some I say don't do it. I say don't do it. I say don't do it. I say if you're, if you're, if you're trying to impress people, it's never what you wear, but how you wear it. So, you know, you can talk to any fashion icon 
or any uh, uh, mogul, if you will. And most of these people that are trendsetters, they don't do it in designer clothes. They do it in their clothes. They set a trend in something they designed, they sewed, they drawed up, or they came up with, and then they partnered with somebody else. So, you know, the fact that you feel you can only look good in Dior, that has to do with, you know, you. There's an insecurity Amiri within jeans. yourself. Amiri jeans. There's an insecurity there that needs to be addressed because if you really got down to it and you started to talk to your fans and you asked them what they like about you, I guarantee none of them are going to tell you it's your sense of fashion, your fashionability. That's not what's going to resonate with your day one fans unless you're, you know, you're, you're a, a chic type of dude, unless you're, you know, you are a, a Cameron or a Jim Jones or somebody that's at the front of fashion, a Kanye West or somebody that can wear a t-shirt and influence the culture, you know, a la Jim Buttons with Amiri. So we're talking about uh, Joe right. Buttons, talk about Amiri. You know, maybe you are or one of those Cameron people. with this pink fur. Right, that can throw that on and then spur a whole movement, you know, where Drake just came out of Drake out of wearing that, uh, right. the Apollo. That was super fly. Right. So, you know, yeah. but again, super fly. so if somebody is wearing a pink fur coat, does it have to be a name brand? Or is it okay if somebody goes and gets a pink fur coat and tries to do a fake, a fox, F-A-U-X fur coat? Would that have been acceptable? Would we have known? Mm. I don't know, bro. I guess don't do it. You're the only person that knows if it's fake. So if you are in the house and you are dancing around while you're getting dressed and you laying out them fake clothes on the bed and you're like, ooh, bitch, I'm going to kill him. You dead ass wrong. If you're in the mirror and you're fixing the jewelry and you're like, hold on, I got to wear a turtleneck because every time I sweat, my neck turns green. You dead ass wrong. Dead, dead, dead wrong. Dead wrong. I just think, think that everybody should be themselves. And I don't think that you should feel... Like you have to go broke to impress other people. <laughs> I think that you get to a point in life and it took me a long fucking time to make money, to be able to spend money on cool shit. But I did it after I invested in real estate. I did it after I learned how to flip money. I didn't go broke to buy $600 frames, right. you know? And... There's a lot of creativity in just being you and standing out as to who you are. And if you can't do that, then I think you need to take a longer look inside yeah, at who you are and what's causing that yeah. and fix that instead of your image. Yeah, Because yeah. if, if, if you're thinking that the clothes that you have on or the jewelry that you have on is going to equate into reaching more people or, or establishing more of a of an ownership stake in your claim to whatever it is you're you're mistaken. As a matter of fact, dare I say, the last thing I expect somebody to come sit down with me as an independent artist is to be full of diamonds. I'm gonna feel offended. Me too. Yeah, if me you too. come to me and you me tell too. me that you me you too. got on a hundred thousand dollars worth of diamonds and you done pissed away eighty thousand dollars and I'm giving you a proposal and you're like, no, nah, that's too much. I'm gonna feel offended, bro. Uh, agree. Because I think you put super agree. I think you you it it's less about celebrating what you've accomplished and more about flaunting where it is that you want to be in your mind. So I again if Drake just went and bought all of Pharrell's old jewelry, yes. spent 1.2 million or some goofy ass shit on it, right? That's because Drake then capped out he could buy whatever he wants to buy. That's the want. limit. But yeah. he did it for the historical aspect. He, he didn't go and recreate right. he went everybody's and got, he went and got the the yes. original pieces and these are yes. mine here. Yes. He could have easily went and got some Savorsky crystals or some lab diamonds and had somebody press one up or it could have been done a million different ways, but he didn't. 
I wish I wore my fake diamond So, you know, shout out to him for that. But at the end of the day, man, I will say this. Be yourself, man. Everybody else is already taken. Okay. Dear Wendy, who was someone you looked up to growing up? I absolutely love this podcast, but as a young Caucasian woman in her 20s, I identify more with the urban culture than I do my own. My hero growing up was David Ogilvy, who was an advertising guy. And it's funny because I get to meet like really famous artists. And to me, it's like you guys, right? Mm -hmm. I went to meet David Ogilvy and I choked. I couldn't speak to him. I was in college wow. and he was signing books. He, he's one of the, the, the godfathers of, of advertising. And growing up, I always wanted to be an advertising exec. I, I always loved marketing. I always loved the whole concept. When I was like 15, 14, 13 years old, I just knew I was going to move to New York, work for an ad agency, live in a glass penthouse in the city in Manhattan. And when I met him, I went to speak to him and went, I was in a cold sweat. <laughs> I was shaking. And and I choked. And I just told him, I look up to you so much. And he's like, you know, come see me. I can't wait for the day when you get to come work for me. He was being really, really, really pleasant. And I'm sure he sat there thinking, wow, she's really choking. She can't work. <laughs> she can't work in this industry. She's going to crack under pressure. <laughs> yeah, he's you one know? of the greatest minds. But he's, uh, he, that's he who I looked book. up to. And then in my 20s, I really and still do look up to Malcolm X. I, I that's probably if I had to pick like one hero, that's probably who I'd choose. Mm-hmm. I wish he had gotten to live longer so that we could see the full cycle mm-hmm. of what he was becoming when when his life was cut short. Mm-hmm. But I loved his mindset. I loved how he spoke his, you know, what he believed in. And he did it at a time where he was like against the grain. You know, he was not turned the other cheek. He was eye for an eye, you know, and I, I love that. As mm. a young Caucasian woman coming Cry. up in the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I probably was that. Yeah, still am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's someone you looked up to, uh, Kingpin? Uh, a young Kingpin. I don't know, bro. Um, I mean, I, Orgovy, of course, but I, I don't want to say I, I looked up to him. I, I've, I've studied and because, you know, he's the, the god of marketing. Um, Very creative. Probably, if I had the name, I'd probably say either, uh, maybe Wayne Uzinga. I read his story when I was in one of my juvenile programs or something. And what he was able to do with waste management and then turned it into, you know, Blockbuster and Pizza Hut and Kentucky Fried Chicken and Pepsi and all of those things. And to know that he did that with, uh, you know, with a garbage truck. But, you know, then again, I could say the same thing about uh, your boy, uh, uh, Bill Gates, you know, I read one of his stories where he landed on the building and bought the building. So it's like, was there one individual that I looked up to? I don't know. I probably hated my father. So I wanted to do everything I could to prove him wrong. So, but now as an adult, I understand how crazy that was. And I'm so thankful to everything that he did for me. So maybe I may have not known it at the time, but I, I want to say my dad, because I, I was always trying to beat or surpass Whatever it is that, you know, he, if he would get mad that I would do this, I would purposely not do that and then do this so that he would be happy. Mm. I, I always tried to be one step ahead of him and, and tried to get that praise and, and tried to get that. And because I seen him do that. Now, I was telling my, my wife this the other day. I grew up different. My, my, my father never worked for anybody. My father always had employees. So I was never, 
I was never a follower. I was never raised around followers. I was raised around leaders. I was raised to be a leader. I was raised to be an alpha. So I take that to me into the world. So when I walk into a room or I walk into a building, hey, everybody, how's everybody doing? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm upfront like that. I'm aggressive like that. And that's because of my father. So if I had to say one person, as much as I would have hated to admit it, because, you know, my father was a gigantic piece of shit for a good portion of his life. He was an alcoholic and a womanizer and abuser. But all of those things I understand now that I'm an adult, why he was that way, how he was able to restrain himself from being worse, what he could have did. And I try to... Imp- insert that into my life. Mm. And hopefully my kids, my son will look up to me. Right? Mm. So I don't know, as corny as it may sound, bro, probably my dad. And your daughters. Yeah. My, 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 definitely my daughters. I definitely mm. want them to, to want more. But if I had to look up, say I looked up to somebody, probably my dad, bro. Because he just did so much with, with so little. Didn't speak no, no English. Short guy. You know what I mean? Had everything going against him. And it still was able to accomplish what he's accomplished, which may not be a lot to some people, but it's instilled the drive that I have in me. So for that, I'm thankful forever. You just said something really interesting that I just applied to myself that you were raised to be alpha. I'm very mm. alpha and I was raised to be subservient. Mm. Imagine if I had been yeah. raised to be alpha. Yeah, you would have been- I would yeah. have burned the world yeah, down by you now. you would have burned it down, absolutely. Jesus. Because there are some people that they, you grow up and everybody around you is passive. Right. Yeah. They wake up and they have jobs. They don't right. have careers. They just they go through the motions and they That's and everybody do what they do. And, and and I don't want that for me. I never nobody in my family wanted that for me. Nobody right. wanted it for themselves. Right. They were all independent hustlers and go getters and wanted to have it and go get it. So not the saying that anybody that grows up around that, but that's the energy that was instilled around me. And I didn't realize it till after I got older. Like I would go out and I would come home at six o'clock in the morning and I'd still wake up and go to work. I think about it now and it's like, that's my father. No matter what, no matter what happens, I get up and now these are the things that I stand on and I try to educate our, our listeners and, and my kids as well. It's like, hey man, if you're going to do this, if you're going to go out and, and you're going to play, then you have to deal with it. Like all the shit that I tried to negate or brush under the rug, that was the facts of life. I learned, I heard somebody say this last night. I became a man when I turned 38 fucking years old and I felt that because I became a man when I turned 38 years old. Wow. Um, for me, earlier on, of course, it was it would my it would be my parents, my grandma, but I always never wanted to um to work. You know, my parents kind of, you know, they're from the island, so it was just get a job, get health benefits. So I didn't. <laughs> I was told to just get a job. So, but me I didn't want to work that job. I always used to listen to the radio and um the Big Lip Bandit. Mm. And I used to be like, man, I want to do that. Shout out to but the Big I, Lip Bandit. I man. never knew anybody who did it. So wow. when I went to college, I was running track at USF in Tampa. I heard this DJ named DJ Eakin. And he would do parties. Shout out to Eakin. He would do parties on campus and I would hang with him. And then he let me talk on the mic. When I, I used to just talk shit. I usually literally would talk shit. And um, I would just talk on the mic. He was the first person that I saw that I was like, hey, I can do that. Right. Like he was DJing. He was on the radio on the weekend and he was doing parties and I was like, I would just like hang with him. Then when I would come to Atlanta every summer, I heard Greg Street on the radio. Mm-hmm. OG. And then um, when I moved up here, I saw Kenny Burns. And then of course, if I can kind of go back a little bit, I would go to music conferences, I would see you and I would see you. But I would just, I was a fly on the wall seeing Kim Penn walk around the- with, You were an artist, you motherfucker. Were, yeah. But- He was. 
you would hold up signs. You were really a badass promoter. Like you was, still is. You was the first person I yes. saw promoting. Right. Yes. I never saw what you did before. He so cannot stand still. You guys were like the first people that I was like, yo, I can do this type of thing. So what happened, it made me move to Atlanta because I saw people that looked like me right. doing things that I want to do. Right. DJ Eakin was mm. the first person I saw doing it, but I didn't get hired. How Tampa. old were you when you moved here? Uh, 25. Okay. Did you know anybody here or did you just get up and uh, Biddy Barnes. I moved up okay. here and Mr. Biddy Barnes uh, had me running around. I was literally doing, I was helping out. I was doing uh, legwork for Ray Daniels and Biddy Barnes for Verse Simmons. He signed Rock City mm-hmm. and Verse Simmons to mm-hmm. Interso- Interscope. Yeah, before Interscope. that though, what are you yeah. doing before that? I was rapping. No, before, you you just forgot to say that. No, because say, this, I was rapping. I remember when I first came, when I first, when I first seen Rari in Atlanta, I was in opera in the DJ booth outside with Teflon. Yeah. And yeah. I look up and I see Rari coming up and I'm like, what's up? He's like, I'm at work, bro. What's out? And I'm like, at work? Because <laughs> <laughs> I switched over. I'm at work. I'm and then work. the next time I see him, I go down to, and they closed it down now. It yeah. was uh, that was Apache, across the street from Apache. Yeah. yeah. It's, there's the team party yeah. and there's like 700 kids in there. And I walk in on stage and who's hosting? Me. Ferrari Simpson. Like, what the fuck? How did this but happen? I had, I had a whole name change too. So I went by my real name, Sean Simpson. <laughs> And um, I just felt like it wasn't working how I wanted it to, mm-hmm. just on, as a mu- on some music shit. And I felt like, okay, let me be a let me make an educational pivot. And I did something which I'll share with you guys because it makes me a little emotional. My daughter was one years old. She lived in Orlando, hmm. and I decided to move to Atlanta. Kind of fucked up everything. Mm. Ah, yeah. I felt terrible. Damn, mm. I'm trying to get emotional, but. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. That shit fucked me up. Yeah, it was your first daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And and you did it to, let me ask you a question. When you did it, do you have a stronger relationship with her now? Does she understand it? Do you have a bad relationship? She understands now. Now. But like, that shit and she's this, me this up. is the teenager, right? It's like 16, 17? She's 14. 14. Yeah. 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 I seen somebody last night say that I, I would rather... I would rather face every criminal in the world than my daughter at 15. I heard Ooh. a man say that last yeah. night. Yeah, so I can no feel idea, that pain. Like, so, yeah. so like, and I ain't trying to get too emotional, but like, I had to make a decision because like, that shit fucked me up. Yeah. But I kept saying, I don't want to just be a regular person. So if I stay in Florida, that shit was going to be like, that shit would have hurt me more. Of course. Thinking like, damn, what if I didn't, you know what I'm saying? Do Then you'd have been that parent that had been mad. I'd right. been mad every day. I gave right. away everything for so you. Like, and right. this is what you do. Oh my God. Right. So moving up here, she sees it, and I just did some real nigga shit, and I told her the truth. So I would I told have her, too. like, this I is why I moved it. up here yeah. to do shit like this. So she's good. So we, we have a good relationship. She's going to understand. It was really fucked up in the beginning. It kind of messed up my mental. So you mean to tell me that on your that first child, push. you didn't know how to be a parent, and you Hell were doing no. what you thought how to be Hell a parent yeah. was everything about, and now you don't regret that decision? I tried selling decision? weed. That shit ain't work. Hey, man. I tried everything. <laughs> and guess what, bro? And I tried guess what? everything, bro. That's like, what the cheat code is, right? Yeah, it's, facts. it's, hey, man, if you're thinking about making this decision and you haven't done it because you feel that it may not be the right one, it, there's nobody that could tell you right or wrong. Do what your heart tells you to Chico. do. <laughs> that shit. Do what your heart tells you to do. I'm crying. Dawson, I hate crying. I'm crying about crying. 